Hi there. Welcome to Cream and Sugar. Hey, Allie. Hey, Julia. What do you call a baby cow with coffee? What? Decaf. Oh! <laughs> a little baby decaf. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> I love that. That is adorable. So today we're going to uh, dive into a, a random topic, but I want to try to put you on the train of thought that I had to get to this topic. <laughs> so when this is coming out, it's going to be Thanksgiving week. And I was like, all right, what's the perfect drink for Thanksgiving? What really says, all right, it's fall, it's family, it's gathering, it's pies and turkey and harvest and i was like "Uh uh-oh yes Allie. uh would that be a pumpkin spice latte and apple cider (laughs) yes it would be either of those which um we've accidentally already done whoops so i took the liberty of looking up what other holidays are going to be this week and turns out it's going to be the beginning of hanukkah Ah. which i know nothing about raised in a catholic household (laughs) may i please defer to a previous episode in which you said something about uh we were talking about bc and oh we were talking about the word fruitful uh and you said that it might have come from apple cider and using apples as like a currency and i said i'm pretty sure it's biblical and you said but this was bc so it was before the bible which I reminded you there's a whole other religion based on the first part of the Bible. <laughs> and here we easy. are. <laughs> Look, I didn't say I was a good Catholic. <laughs> I'm here trying my best. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into the other half of the Bible, uh, the Old Testament, which is uh, the entire Jewish religion, more or less. Mm-hmm. The OG, if you will. Or yes, OT OG. or OJ. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get in uh too far into it, how you brewing? I am brewing good. I have uh I don't have any really big news since we last recorded, but I do have some interesting stories and anecdotes. I love stories and anecdotes. A uh, a mutual friend of ours was road tripping maybe to Atlanta, somewhere. Um, and he sent me a picture of a billboard that in it was a black billboard with big white letters and it just said, nut milk is not milk. Okay. And that's all it said. There wasn't a logo. There wasn't anything. It was just nut milk is not milk. That's it? Like it wasn't like sponsored by anyone? Uh, there is speculation online that it's from local farmers, like dairy farmers, that are losing business to people drinking milk alternatives. But I don't know if that's confirmed or not. It's just nut milk is not milk. (laughs) Well, they're wrong. (laughs) As we've discussed in our previous episode, that is not correct. Per my previous podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else? I also woke up uh, one morning a couple weeks ago, which we're recording on October 30th. So it was still warm a couple weeks ago. And I went down to the beach to see the sunrise. And that was really cool. I saw those Snapchats. You looked like you had a really good time. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Waffle House. It was delicious. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. I literally just watched a TikTok that said, 
you gotta pretend that you're in a movie. Go put your headphones in, go for a walk, go get a coffee, go do that corny stuff because it's gonna make you feel good. I'm like, oh, I gotta do that more often. Yep. <laughs> Me just going to the beach and Waffle House by myself of like, I'm vibing. Your life is a movie and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I had to mention is that when this episode comes out, which should be November 21st, I will have just gotten back from a Disney trip. Ooh. But current me that is talking has not yet been on said Disney trip. So I am looking forward to that. Will we like to speculate what we're going to be doing on Disney trip? <laughs> uh, well, it will be my mommy's birthday. So okay. we're going to be in the Magic Kingdom on her birthday. And we're going to go out to dinner on her birthday at the Be Our Guest uh, restaurant. Are you going to try the gray stuff? The gray stuff is delicious. <laughs> and confirm, we went uh, last December. And it was pretty good. And then we're also, I'm going to get to go to Star Wars land for the first time since it opened. Ooh. Are you going to dress as a Star Wars character? Probably not. Because uh. I'm going to be sweaty and not want to be in a costume. I'm going to be That's in fair. leggings and a tank top and a light jacket. Is it going to be that warm still in November? I have no idea. It was 80 when we were there for New Year's this year. Oh my so. gosh. Who's to say? <laughs> Florida's a whole different country. Florida's what? Florida is our Australia. Honestly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's what I've been up to. How you brewing? I'm brewing okay. <laughs> um, so since we last recorded, Mike and I went to a couple's party for the first time ever. Like, oh. Like we've been to like game nights with other couples, but like this was specifically a couple's party. Oh. And it was also a presentation night. Which, if you don't know what a presentation night is, it's where you are told to present about, like, a five-minute uh, PowerPoint on a random topic. Mm -hmm. It can be literally anything from, here's why I think Titanic is the best movie, to, here are fictional characters that I'd probably date if they were real. Or, <laughs> like, it's super random. It can literally be anything. It could be educational. It could be chaotic. It uh -huh. could be, here's a list of colors that I like. Like, you know, it could, <laughs> it could be absolutely anything. And I thought about taking the obvious choice, which was, you know, why coffee is amazing, because I currently know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know if anyone's obsessed with coffee like I am. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about food, because everyone's ob obsessed with food. Yes. So I did a five-minute presentation on why food should be a love language. <laughs> that's awesome and i made some valid points so nice. i had a, we we had a great time uh we saw an old mutual friend of ours from college and their girlfriend it was nice to meet the girlfriend for the first time she was lovely mm. and we had a good time it was just it was fun highly nice. recommend presentation night by the way <laughs> we need to do that with our own friend group yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, that mutual friend that was at the party is the mutual friend that said the nut milk is not milk billboard. Oh, my God. He that makes so has, much more sense. He has been catching up on the podcast, so he'll probably listen to this almost as soon as it comes out. So <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out to you. You know who you are. Wink. <laughs> Wink. It was also Mike's birthday. Yeah. Now we're the same age for the next four months. Woo! <laughs> and then it's my birthday. <laughs> but 
it was his birthday. We had um, a little get together. I surprised him with dinner at like a Brazilian steakhouse kind of uh, restaurant where they just bring around meat and you say, yes, please. And they just keep handing you meat. Mm -hmm. And it was delicious. It was probably the best garlic bread I've ever had. Oh, that's awesome. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And then um, after we got back from dinner, some other friends of, of mine from a different friend group came over and we all just kind of hung out and played like Mario Party and Smash and just a bunch of games, got really drunk. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere around midnight, we figured out that we had food poisoning. Oh, no, right? Yep. One of our Yay. friends was very, very sick and did not leave the bathroom for like an hour. Mm. And I did not have a good time at all. Mm. So the party was great. The, <laughs> the after party. Next, <laughs> the next 24 hours were a nightmare. Oh, that's the worst feeling. It's like yeah. just knowing you're not going to go to the bathroom and be fine. You're just going to have to ride it out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. it took a little while for us to for it to sink in that it was in fact food poisoning because we had a lot to drink and we thought you know what we probably just had too much to drink yeah well after about 12 hours we we're like this isn't this isn't alcohol <laughs> <laughs> we didn't eat something right <laughs> the alcohol is long gone from that point mm-hmm. mm. yeah so that was fun yay happy but- birthday <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually mike sur- uh, managed to survive a little bit He didn't get it nearly as bad as me and the other friend did. Mm. Although poor me and friend got the opposites and together we were both suffering. Ah, at least you didn't both have both. Yeah, that's true. That could be much worse. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was not fun. (laughs) But we made a lot of good memories and it was a really good, it was, it was an interesting time. Mm Mm-hmm. I really wish you could have been there. We'll make it up to you. Yeah, I still haven't been down since then. It has been almost two months. Oh my gosh. And it will likely not be until 2022. It's, it's, the rest of this year is going to be chaotic. (laughs) Yep. Between me having a regular nine to five job, you having several nine to five jobs. (laughs) Having a couple of jobs. I am working four trivia shows in the upcoming week. You're getting that money. Oh, I don't get paid for one of them. Oops. What? Why? Because it's a semifinal, and apparently you don't get paid for the semifinal. You're just expected to come help at the semifinal. Wow, that's rude. Yeah, that's fine. Well, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I want to come down. But that's about that's about all I did in the past two weeks, uh, previous to us recording. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I all in all, I'm doing, I'm brewing pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Right now, I'm brewing pretty great because I just got over a really nasty cold, but we'll get into that next episode. (laughs) Yay. So I apologize for any nasally congestion sounds. Mm -hmm. Not ideal for recording, but I actually have a voice this week, so I'd say that's improvement. Yeah. So I have a quick fire question for you. Oh. How much do you know about Hanukkah? Very little. Me too. <laughs> so we will learn together. Yes, I knew very little about Hanukkah going into my notes. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun to learn about it because there's 
the the holiday itself and then i learned that um coffee actually has a lot of uh jewish and israeli influence um in its creation so i was very excited to actually research this topic and learn about a different culture for awesome uh, the first time in my adult life because I came from a very small town that was not very diverse. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So I challenged myself this week. Yeah. So, what is Hanukkah and what does it have to do with coffee? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on. Okay. So the reason that I wanted to learn about Hanukkah while it's actually Thanksgiving for us here in the United States is for two different reasons. And I think it's important that we discuss other religions, especially since about 2% of the United States population is Jewish, and it's a major world religion. As of two, 2015, from the Pew Research Center, Christians at number one with 2.3 billion, Muslims at 1.8 billion, unaffiliated at 1.2 billion, Hinduism at 1.1 billion, then Buddhists at 0.5, folk religions at 0.4, other religions at 0.1, and... Uh, Judaism is 0.01, which would be 10 million. Oh, it's a much smaller population than I thought. Yep. Apparently, it is about 0.2% of the world's population. Welp, I was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> According to Pew Research from 2015. so I had no idea. It has such a major influence here in the United States, but we are such a melting pot yeah. that it just comes up more often. We are also a good place for um, somebody else is persecuting you, so come over here and we will do our best. That's like half our history. (laughs) (laughs) It might not be great, but it'll be better. But the other reason that uh, we decided to do Hanukkah instead of Thanksgiving is because I accidentally already did our Thanksgiving drinks, uh, Mm -hmm. as stated previously. (laughs) (laughs) But I also learned that Jewish culture has a lot to do with coffee and its roots in the world. So I wanted to shed some light on their religion as well as their world culture and introduce some of the coffee from that country. Awesome. So this is the unofficial start to my Coffee from Around the Globe series, which I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Because mm-hmm. there are so many different types of coffee from around the world, like here in the United States and in Italy, espresso and uh, lattes are huge, but not every country uses it and they have different ways of brewing. And mm. as we are going to try in our coffee, uh, we had a very interesting way of preparing it. Mm-hmm. Let's dink it. All right. Wait, I should stir this first, shouldn't I? Uh, I just have mine like that. Okay, all right, hold on. I'm just going to stir it a little bit. A lot of the milk just sat. Ah. Which it was supposed to, but... Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Lick it. Do it. How? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And we dink. Dink. Boop. And we dink. Yep. Yep, that's a latte. (laughs) Actually, don't mind the instant espresso. It worked okay? Uh-huh. I wish I had the instant espresso. I tried, I brewed my own espresso. And I think I brewed it a little too fine. Because, I don't know if you can see, but there's some buildup of where I tried uh. to drip it down the side. And it's just, it didn't pull right. Yeah, I mean, mine is built up 
he can't I can't get the shine to cooperate. Oh, I see it. Yeah. That's on the outside of the cup cuz I spilled it a little bit too. Oh, I just realized we chose the same cup. Yeah. Well, Duh. Late, I mean, you have to see it. It's the only clear one. Uh so, all right. So, we just tried Cafe Hafk. I don't actually know how to pronounce half of these words. I'm so sorry for pronunciation errors. A lot of this is in Hebrew dialect. Uh, so this is a language I'm not familiar with. Hafuka, according to howtopronounce.com slash Hafuka. <laughs> so this is Cafe Hafu- Hafuka? Uh-huh. Otherwise, otherwise known as Israeli upside down coffee. So what we did was we took a shot of freshly made espresso or instant espresso and added 250 milliliters of milk, which is about a quarter cup or so, and steamed the milk without making too much foam so that you can achieve like a layering of your milk. So you put the milk in first and then you try to layer the espresso on top of it and then put a layer of foam on top of that. I don't think I achieved that at all. The key word is try. Yeah, this is a very difficult coffee to make. (laughs) It tastes pretty good. Honestly, it's just an espresso with Mm -hmm. milk. (laughs) You can't go wrong other than the appearance. It's like trying to make a flat white. You just got to try. Something about the um, instant espresso brand that I use, plus the soy milk that I'm using, makes it taste almost like a coffee chocolate milk. Like not a Mm -hmm. mocha. But a coffee mm-hmm. chocolate milk. Pretty good. I might make a second one. This is very bitter. I definitely didn't grind my beans correctly. The um the instant espresso said you do two teaspoons to thirty milliliters of water. Hmm. So that's what I got going on. That's strong. Yeah. But it's a lot of milk too. It was a little bit over a cup of milk. Wow, really? Yeah, that's what two hundred fifty milliliters is. Oh, I thought that was closer to a quarter cup. so you take 250 milliliters of milk which is closer to a cup of milk (laughs) and add that to your espresso and you have a very weak latte or a strong one if you don't know how to measure (laughs) you make it whatever proportion you want I'm going to go back to my pumpkin spice coffee (laughs) I tried Anyways, so now that we've tried our coffee from Israel, mm-hmm. um, let's go into a little bit of the history. Yeah. So the history for this episode is going to be a little bit different than usual. Um, I'm going to give a brief history of Hanukkah, since that's the inspiration for today's episode. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to give a brief history of Jewish culture and how it shaped coffee culture. That sound mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, that sounds cool. great. So Hanukkah is typically observed in late November or December, and the reason it kind of shifts is it because it goes by a lunar calendar, which is the Jewish calendar. Okay. Uh, it always begins on the 25th day of Kis- Kislev. Uh, do you still have that pronunciation? Uh, I'm going to go get it. Kislev. Kislev? Kislev. Okay. Like Kislev and coffee. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) So Hanukkah always begins on the 25th day of Kislev, 
which is the ninth month in the Jewish calendar. The Jewish calendar is lunar, which means it's based on the cycles of the moon. Okay. It's also known as the Festival of Lights and is an eight-day celebration of the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem during the second century BC. Mm. Hanukkah is also the Hebrew word for dedication. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's uh, the namesake of the the festival itself. Yeah. The Hebrew alphabet represents sounds, so Hanukkah also has a different, has a couple of different spellings. That makes sense, though, because I have seen the different spellings before. Yeah, you can spell it with like a CH, and mm. it really just depends on how you pronounce it. Yeah. So there are several customs and rituals during this time, and they're mostly focused on family, freedom, and light. The holiday is celebrated during the coldest, darkest times of the year for many people, and the celebration brings light and warmth into the homes and communities of those who celebrate it. Aww. So it's very symbolic, and I really like that it's you're taking the coldest, saddest, darkest times of the year, and you're just making it warm and happy and family, mm-hmm. and reminding each other why we're here. Yeah. Uh, blessings are recited when lighting the candles of the menorah. Mm-hmm. The candles are placed from right to left and then lit from left to right with the shamash, which is the center candle. Okay. So you take the center candle and you light the candles from left to right after placing them from right to left. Okay. I I can break it down a little bit better for you. No, my brain just jumped to trying to explain to somebody how to read manga. You know, when mm-hmm. like you're used to reading left to right, but then you read it right to left. Right. And it's <laughs> my brain's dumb is the point. <laughs> no, it it makes sense. I think they also read right to left. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's another one where you read right to left. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so here's how it works. Okay. During each day of Hanukkah, you place another candle. Uh-huh. So if you have the menorah in front of you, you have eight candles on either side of the center candle, which is the shamash. Okay. So on day one, you're going to place the rightmost candle uh-huh. and light it with the shamash. Okay. On the second day, you're going to place the right and the next one to its left and then light it from left to right. Ah, okay. And you're going to do that until all of them are lit on the last day. See, I was picturing once you add, like, the first candle on the first day, you leave it there, not take it down and then put it back up later. So I was like, how do you don't. I don't think it actually comes down. You're just placing the next candle to the left of it. Gotcha. And then using that center candle to light it left to right. Okay. But you're placing them right to left on the menorah. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was just I got I got myself confused and thought candles stayed lit all the time. So no, that they couldn't like, you know, go backwards once you add more. They do put them out, I think, at the end of the night. Okay. That's that's probably safer and a wiser choice. I'm not entirely certain. There uh I mean it is a religious culture that's, you know, practiced by families. So I'm sure there's some mystery and some uh variation between families so yeah. it was kind of hard to figure out some minute details especially it's not it, it's extremely hard to find on the internet some of this uh religious information especially since 
now that we figured out that it's a much smaller religion than I thought. Mm. Yeah. So it was kind of hard to find some of the information that I needed. Hmm. I did do several hours of research to try to get this as accurate as possible. Yeah. Because I didn't want to misrepresent an entire community of people. Yeah, it's probably a good call. <laughs> so if that is not correct and someone happens to know the correct way and wants to actually tell me how this works, please do. Mm-hmm. You can email us at webrewgood at gmail.com. Or you can direct message us on Facebook and Instagram and even TikTok, I think, at webrewgood. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. So the history of the holiday is tied to the time when Israel was struggling for existence. It's believed that after the first successful revolt against the tyrannical monarch, the victorious Jewish community could find very little pure olive oil to light their menorahs, only enough for one day. However, the oil ended up lasting for eight days, long enough to purify more oil. So that is where the eight candles come from, and eventually it was replaced with candles and no longer oil. Oil is a little dangerous. Yeah, a little bit. Jewish people would light a candle on each of the eight evenings in remembrance of God's provisions. They also play games, exchange gifts, and have family dinners, and attend plays and concerts at synagogues and schools. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a very brief history of what Hanukkah is and what you do during Hanukkah. A lot of it is um, day-to-day celebrations. You actually have a schedule that you're supposed to attend to. There is... uh, certain days where you do certain things and foods that you don't eat during certain times. There's a lot of rules that I don't particularly want to get into because it's part of their culture and I just want to let yeah. them have their their tradition. And I'm sure certain people do it certain ways. And right. The same as like in Christianity, some people go to Christmas Mass and some people do not. Exactly. I'm sure there's a lot of variation within the community. Yeah. So now that we know a little bit more about the holiday, we can get into the origins of the drink that we just tried. Cool. (laughs) Now that we have a little bit of background on our inspiration. Yeah. So this goes all the way back to Ethiopian origins, Mm -hmm. uh, where the Jewish population of Ethiopia embraces the national drink and the bunna, which is Ethiopian coffee ceremony that arose there. Okay. So in this ceremony... Uh, The woman of the household would light an incense and brew strong coffee and then pass out fragrant cups to family and friends to sit and enjoy the coffee, accompanied by peanuts or cooked barley. In recent years, as Ethiopian Jews have relocated to Israel, Ethiopian-style coffee has found new fans in the Jewish state. So it had Jewish influence in Ethiopia. Right. Coffee beans being roasted and brewed in similar ways as we do today, most likely began in Yemen uh, by Sufi Muslims. Okay. And it became a popular drink and spread among Yemenite Jews and Muslims around this time. Hmm. A historian named Elliot Horowitz documented Jews appreciating caffeine of the new drink, stating that it allowed scholars to stay up all night in order to study their Torah. (laughs) Pull an (laughs) all-nighter. Ah, college. Uh, Excuse me, I have to run to Starbucks because I am practicing my religion. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
However, the drink did raise some questions on whether it would be considered food or medicine and what kind of blessing should be made over the drink that caused a, a, a little bit of chaos. <laughs> yeah. Um, they did end up deciding that it would be considered a drink and the shahakal blessing? Shahakal. I think it's shahakal. Shehackle. Oh, I was close. Mm-hmm. The shehackle blessing was made over it. Okay. So after Yemen, it made its way to the Ottoman Empire, where coffee houses began to open in Constantinople in the 1500s. You know, I heard that that uh, was later called Istanbul. <laughs> I've been singing it the whole time. <laughs> we'll add a link to that. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. That's okay. So there are a few differences between coffee houses as it spread throughout the Middle East. The most notable was that Middle Eastern Jews typically added sugar to their coffees, while the Arabs preferred it without. So between these coffee houses, you would have, like, your own specials where they were made with different styles. Okay. So later on, we could even try one of each of those where you make their type of coffee, but with and without sugar. It's... It's really interesting how much variation can come from this coffee. Yeah. And it's amazing what a little bit of sugar will do. Mm -hmm. In the 1800s, coffee houses became wildly popular uh, in Central European cities such as Vienna, Berlin, Prague, Warsaw, and Budapest. Many of the patrons were Jews, and the continent's Jewish scholars became identified with European cafe culture. Cookery writer Claudia Rodin wrote notes that Jewish immigre who transported the model of the Vietnamese coffee houses from all over the world with bent wood chairs and marble tables, roco, ro, rococo moldings, great mirrors and chandeliers, old prints and posters, as well as black and white waitresses' uniforms and donuts and pastries. That was a long run-on sentence to basically say that from this came our very standardized cafe culture with a lot of the stereotypical fancy uh, coffee house things that you would expect to see in, in a coffee house. Right. Like, basically, when you picture a coffee house, this is where that came from. Yes. It also, um, I think it's a good tie back, though, to when we talked about Coffee 101 and the history and how coffee shops were where you would go to talk about like scholarship and right debates and all that kind of stuff yes this was a lot of jewish culture as well that was coming talking talking about torah talking about regular politics talking about other intellectual conversations at the time mm -hmm. and um a lot of the coffee culture from this time ended up staying in israel um, I'll actually come back to this statement in a little bit with an oh, interesting yeah. fact about Starbucks. Oh? Mm-hmm. While she was re researching coffee houses in Israel, Miss Roden met the owner of one of the coffee shops who said he couldn't use modern decor in his coffee houses. So ingrained was the idea of ornate European decor in association with coffee in the Jewish psyche. Huh. So in Jewish coffee houses they were so set in the way that these European classic coffee houses were that they barely changed. Right. It's just, it's just what it is now. So another interesting topic that I want to cover is the debate on if coffee is allowed during other certain holidays in Jewish culture. 
um, because that was a huge debate for them at one point in time. Okay. So as I stated, I grew up Catholic and I was taught that during Lent, uh, which is a Catholic and Christian holiday, that you're not supposed to have meat on Fridays. Right. Well, during Passover, which is another Jewish holiday, they have something called shamets, which are foods that have leavening agents that are forbidden during the holiday. They aren't allowed to eat, own, or benefit from shamets on Passover at all. Ah. So, like, if you have things with this, with the shamets in it, it can't be in your house. You can't be selling it. You can't be eating it. Get it out of here. <laughs> so, like, if you own a bakery with these things in it, you're closed during Passover. That's unfortunate. But I think Passover only lasts about a week. And if it's something that's part of your life, you also plan for it. So right, right. Like, Obviously, they're used to this. It's not like out of the blue, somebody's kicking down your door and saying, in the name of religion, I demand you close your business. <laughs> <laughs> with no warning. So according to Chabad.org, which was uh, where I found a lot of uh, really good information on Jewish culture and Jewish holidays. Mm -hmm. Shamets, also spelled with an H or with an O somewhere in the middle of it. Of course, because of the way that it doesn't directly translate to English. Yeah. Um, shamets is any food product made from wheat, barley, rye, oats, or spelt that has come into contact with water and has been allowed to ferment and rise. Wheat and wheat byproducts were at one time highly recommended by the city council. Then all wheat and wheat byproducts in the city transformed into highly venomous snakes. Then they again transformed, this time into destructive and malevolent spirits. Nightvale declared a state of emergency and all citizens who had come <laughs> into contact with them were quarantined. Everyone else proceeded to the wheat and wheat byproduct shelter that already existed beneath the Nightvale Public Library. When asked why this was already in place, the city council simply replied, prophecy. All wheat and wheat byproducts suddenly vanished the same day, finally ending the threat. <laughs> I just listened to that episode not long ago. As soon as you said it, I was like, what? Um, Welcome to Night Vale is a lovely, odd podcast. Uh, definitely check them out if you're into weird paranormal that doesn't quite make sense and isn't really real. Mm -hmm. If you like storytelling with a calm voice from a, a news sounding perspective, it's hilarious. But do not listen while driving because he is very calming. Yes, it, it will put you to sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we'll add a link to Welcome to Night Vale. Um, not a sponsor, not affiliated. We just like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So in practice, just about anything made with these grains, other than Passover matzah, which is carefully controlled to avoid leavening, mm -hmm. is considered to be shamets. Okay. And this includes flour, even before it's mixed with water, cake, cookies, pasta, breads, and items that have shamets as an ingredient, like malt. Mm. So there are a lot of foods that are off the menu during Passover. Yeah. Oops, Additionally, sometimes. they were also not allowed to consume keniot, which is the Hebrew word for legumes. Here's where it gets dicey with coffee. So this is uh, where we have our issue with coffee. Mm -hmm. As coffee became really popular, they had to figure out what it was. 
because we typically say coffee bean, correct? Yeah. Um, well, that would be a problem if it was, in fact, a bean. Ah. So since many people thought it was a bean, they thought they couldn't have it during Passover because then it would be considered quinoa. Uh, however, they decided that it is, in fact, not a bean. As we've dis- discovered, it is a berry. It's a pit from a berry, from the right. cherry of, of coffee beans, mm-hmm. or from coffee fruit. And it, they can, in fact, consume it during Passover. Okay. So they were very concerned for a minute and sad because, as we've discussed, it's a huge staple in Jewish culture for to have their coffee and, and have intellectual discussions and just... It's part of being a family and being together is drinking coffee together. Yeah. So not having it during Passover could have been a big issue. Right. In 1923, Maxwell House Coffee, a very popular brand here in the United States as well, Mm -hmm. uh, hired the head of New York's first Jewish advertising agencies, Joseph Jacobs, to help spread the word that coffee was acceptable on Passover. So this has been a conversation for quite a while and it still hadn't quite been resolved all the way up until 1923 wow mr jacobs consult consulted with an orthodox rabbi and then helped his client create one of the most endearing advertising campaigns in history maxwell house began printing and distributing passover haggadahs probably which is <laughs> free with the purchase of kosher for passover maxwell house coffee So today, over 80 years since the first Maxwell House campaign, Haggadah? Haggadah. Haggadah. Haggadah, get my hands on some Haggadah. Yes. The company has given away over 50 million Haggadahs. What is a Haggadah? I'm not entirely sure. How about we look it up? It's the part of Jewish text that specifically talks about Passover. Interesting. Uh, What does it mean by text? It is a Jewish text, probably like a part of the Bible. Oh, okay. It is a Jewish text that sets forth the order of Passover Seder, I want to say, Seder. Uh, reading the Haggadah at Seder table, at the Seder table, is a fulfillment of the mitzvah to each Jew to tell your children the story from the book of Exodus about Yahweh bringing the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. Okay. You know, I think they did that in Peaky Blinders, <laughs> now that I read that. Because uh, Tom Hardy plays a Jewish man who is highly aggressive. Oh, okay. And he used it to be like, we're going to slaughter a lamb and then try to kill a man. That's good. Peaky Blinders is a great show. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to get into it. (laughs) That's not my kind of show. Uh, That's fair. So we have covered a ton of information on Jewish culture and how it shaped coffee. Mm -hmm. But let's get now into more specific uh, details about some drinks from Israel. Yeah. Now that we're just going to keep narrowing it down. <laughs> keep getting specific. So according to one survey, 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 the average Israeli drinks over 100 liters of coffee per year, which is roughly double the average American consumption. That's impressive. That's a lot of coffee. And I'm pretty sure I account for at least half of the United States consumption. <laughs> I wonder if it's like... I drink a lot I just of coffee. What you said. Um, I wonder if it's like we put a lot of milk and syrups and stuff into ours. So I wonder if that would. Maybe. I wonder if it's all. like bean for bean, not mm-hmm. drink for drink. Right. That's interesting. 
That's a good way to think about that. I don't know what a frappuccino counts as. I don't know. It's barely coffee. It's a milkshake. It's a milkshake. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) So coffee in Israel tends to be a homegrown affair with the Jewish state boasting about its own unique, rich coffee culture, as we've described. Mm -hmm. Although the international coffee giant Starbucks tried to expand into the country, Israelis didn't abandon their own local cafes, and in 2003, Starbucks closed all six of its Israeli branches. Haha, <laughs> take that. Israel Starbucks. said, no, we're good. You can't commercialize my coffee. Leave me alone. So coffee, cafe culture in Israel is historic and very personal to them, and the, the chain just doesn't exist there. Good. They found the one place they can't go. I wonder how many Americans they have that come in and go, um, I'm looking to get my uh, pink drink. <laughs> Can I, how, do I, how do I get that here? <laughs> I don't think they'll do. I don't think they'll have a very good chance of finding it. <laughs> probably be like, for shame, get out. They'd be like, mm, no. Mm-mm-mm. Um, no. <laughs> um, no. So one popular type of coffee in is- Israel is a strong Turkish coffee sometimes called bolts or mud it's uh for its robust hearty character turkish coffee is served black and in small cups often heavily sweetened with sugar oh okay okay so it's like a tiny espresso but with a bunch of sugar i thought we were just going hard on on really dark strong coffee with no sweetener no milk (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't think this has any milk i think it's just sugar Hmm. oh no because it's served black yeah. Yeah. So it's just a black coffee with sugar, but it's extremely dark and thick. Yeah. Another, 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 <laughs> another, another distinctive Israeli coffee is Cafe Hafuka, which is what we tried today, mm-hmm. or the upside down coffee. And this refers to the fact that it's a cappuccino like drink, hot espresso poured into steamed milk, not the other way around, uh, similar to a cappuccino. Um, another popular Israeli drink is iced coffee. Mm. Uh, in Israel, this is often sweet coffee-infused uh, cups of crushed ice. Cafe car. Uh, literally cold coffee in Hebrew. Uh, and it's a refreshing mixture of coffee, ice, and milk. So it's like a, an elevated frappuccino almost. I think it's less blended and more sonic ice. Okay. So it's a finer ice, but not blended. Gotcha. It's it's just a really good iced coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, go to Dunkin', get a classic iced coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Classic Dunkin' iced coffee, straight from Israel. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that was a little chaotic, but that's all I've got. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that was all that chaotic. We had a good funnel system, went down the topics, it made sense. I tried really hard to learn about a topic I have, I had absolutely no knowledge in mm-hmm. and make it so that I could explain it to people that may also not have any knowledge on it and yeah. hopefully not insult people that have knowledge on it because <laughs> that was the last thing I wanted to do. I just, I wanted to talk about something I've never read about mm-hmm. and this, it's, I just had no idea that. One of my favorite drinks had so much religious influence from another, mind, I want to say major religion, because 
it's major in the United States, but not major in the it's major in history. Yeah, yeah. I think major is still fair. I think major religion is appropriate. Yeah. So I thought this was a really interesting uh change of pace for our show to talk about something new. Yeah, it was really cool. I like learning about the like a completely different perspective. Yeah. On a drink that is fairly accessible. So <laughs> but since we are in the United States and it's almost Thanksgiving, I do have a Thanksgiving quiz for us to take. Yay! I am ready. Wait, wait, let me get my <clears throat> quiz position. <laughs> I love replied. your quiz position. Thank Allie you. is currently just laid, <laughs> laid back with her microphone in her hand ready to answer questions like my leg cramped just now <laughs> oh ouch fine it's cool okay so there are six types of friends find out which one you are <laughs> from eating at this thanksgiving style dinner oh boy i am the human garbage can friend based on how i eat at thanksgiving <laughs> oh boy all right first off where are you sitting beside whoever's sitting alone the head of the table, an empty seat. Oh, in any empty seat. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> an empty I sat on somebody. <laughs> Sandwiched in by my family, beside my close friends, or in a corner by myself. Uh probably sandwiched in beside my family. Okay. That's where I am most Thanksgivings. What are you getting to drink? Eggnog, wine. Soda, apple cider, hot chocolate, or just water? We're playing the long con. We gotta get just water so that we have more space for food. Can't be filling up on eggnog. Good point, good point. Pick a protein. Okay. Pick your protein. (laughs) (laughs) Traditional turkey, Uh salmon, ham, prime rib, tofu, or no thanks. See, like, on a regular day, I love prime rib, but for Thanksgiving, I'm getting turkey. Of course. I mean, well, I would I say of course, but I almost never get turkey on Thanksgiving. I always go for the ham. See, we don't usually have ham because there's only, like, three of us that like it, so. Oh, that's fair. It's not enough. Which side are you picking first? Mac and cheese. Green beans, mashed potatoes, (laughs) bread rolls, stuffing, mac and cheese, or corn on the cob? Oh, wait. Actually, I'd probably go to stuffing first. Dude, I love stuffing. And then mac and cheese. And then if something else happens to fit on my plate, I'll get it. But those are the priorities. Thanksgiving is so different for me because I was raised in a Cajun household. Mm -hmm. So we have, like, dirty rice and gumbo and um, potato salad and just things that you don't have at Thanksgiving. Yeah, see, that's, like, year-round stuff. It's not a Thanksgiving thing. Right. We like, I mean, we have turkey and ham, but a lot of what we have is specifically Cajun. (laughs) Cajun Thanksgiving is very different. Anyways, you you do what you want. Want another side? Go ahead. Absolutely. Squash soup, Brussels sprouts, side salad, stuffed (laughs) mushrooms, or yams. Oh, or no thanks. Um,. Probably Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. Because see, what we do is we usually have like 
green beans or collards or some sort of green, which I will get. So I guess Brussels sprouts will be the closest okay. to that. Yeah. What condiment are you drowning your food in? <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> Ketchup, barbecue uh. sauce, uh. gravy, cranberry sauce, hot sauce, or I'll pass. <laughs> hot sauce. Um, I will probably pass because I usually don't have to put very many condiments on. I stuff. had cranberry sauce for the very first time in middle school. When I had Thanksgiving with my first boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, they invited me to a, like a Thanksgiving dinner before Thanksgiving, uh-huh. and they had the canned cranberry sauce. I was like, "Why is it Jello?" <laughs> I had no idea what cranberry sauce was at all. I have never liked it. And then I had it for the second time when I had Thanksgiving with you mm-hmm. because your family so graciously allowed me to come do Thanksgiving with them because I had to work Black Friday at mm-hmm. 9 p.m. on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, of course, you're welcome over. That was miserable. Guys, retail sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do retail. Uh-huh. Still hungry? Pick a dessert. Ah. Cinnamon rolls, chocolate cake, cheesecake, pumpkin pie, apple pie, or pecan pie. Ooh. For I... the record, I say pecan. I just said it because I had an accent. Pecan pie. Um, <laughs> I absolutely adore apple pie. I wish I did. Like pumpkin pie is also pretty good, but I love me some apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> you love to talk and socialize with whoever is in your path. Do You're I? super fun and full of energy. Everyone loves being around you and feeding off your positive attitude. You're the loud friend. (laughs) (laughs) I am very loud. I was like, you know what? This feels more like me. And then I remembered we're the same person. Yes. (laughs) So when we're together, it's just extra loud. We're just really loud. (laughs) Um, Do you want to breeze through it real quick and see what you are? I do. I am sitting... Usually in a corner by myself because I get really anxious during Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking wine. I will be picking ham. Ham. My first side is specifically smothered green beans, which I'm pretty sure my cousin makes, and they're so good. Oh, you know what's really good? What? You get your mashed potatoes, and you mm-hmm. make a little hole in your mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. and then you put corn in the mashed potatoes oh i used to do that when i was a kid so good i only do it on thanksgiving second side it's gonna be yams because i love yams i am drowning everything in gravy Gravy. i am still hungry i'm gonna have i'm just currently in the mood for cheesecake i don't know if i actually want i don't think i would have cheesecake though I have an uncle from New York that makes homemade cheesecake for Thanksgiving. Very good. I don't think we've ever had cheesecake on Thanksgiving. You know what? My dad actually makes a cinnamon roll out of the leftover rolls. I also got the loud friend. Woohoo! Loud friends (laughs) forever! (laughs) If that didn't tell you anything, I literally chose different answers and we got the same thing. What's funny is um, it starts with like, 
people feed off of your positive energy or whatever. And I've been so grouchy the past couple weeks. But then you said loud. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm still loud when I'm grouchy. <laughs> no, you're just like, hey, I'm grouchy. <laughs> and we're I'm like, upset. okay. And I need you to know it. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Support people at work. I know what to expect when you say, hey, I'm grouchy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I go, okay, we're going to do random things now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's all I got for this episode. Awesome. Well, that's a that's a good episode to lead into Thanksgiving, I think. I think so too. Yeah. So what's next? So we are actually about to go immediately record the next episode, but mm-hmm. it is time to get into a very special and unique tea drink known as the London Fog. Oh, I don't know yeah. much about that. I'm excited to tell you about it. And I'll, well, I'll get into it later, but there's a significant reason why I'm doing it now. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. You'll find out in like 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else will find out in two weeks. So as always, I'd love to thank our listeners for following me in this chaotic episode. I'm sorry it wasn't super organized. Uh, like I said, I was sick. So my brain was very, very foggy while I was dealing with bronchitis and potentially pneumonia. Um, But the episode comes first, right? Yeah, priorities. (laughs) Um, I'll get more into that later. Um, So thank you for sticking through. Uh, I did enjoy, enjoy learning about this. As always, our sources are going to be in the episode notes, which include research sources quiz and recipe you can also find our podcast at webrewgood.podbean.com that's webrewgood.podbean.com or on spotify apple podcast and google podcast you can also find us on our social medias we are on facebook instagram and tiktok at webrewgood and you can always send us an email at webrewgood at gmail.com Please send us information that I may have missed. I know this can be a sensitive topic, especially if I said something wrong. Please, please tell me if I misrepresented something. That was the last thing I wanted to do. I did try very carefully to do this information correctly because it was very important to me that I had this as accurate as possible. Mm -hmm. Or if you just have any anecdotes about your own family traditions and stuff, even if it isn't like orthodox super duper traditional yeah share share some of your culture with us please enlighten us Mm -hmm. and don't forget that we are not the only ones celebrating this week the guinea pigs are also celebrating they have their own family traditions uh Mm -hmm. spread the love joy light warmth with the guinea pigs tell them about the podcast tell them where they can learn more about the traditions Give your guinea pig a seat at your Thanksgiving table. Yes. Make mm-hmm. sure they are well fed. Yep. They like Timothy Hay. <laughs> <laughs> Please accommodate for all of your vegetarians and all of your guinea pigs this Thanksgiving. <laughs> and as always, stay, stay brutal. brutal.